Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Creating a Soulful Business. So I get lots of questions uh, through Instagram DMs, which is so cool. I love connecting there um, at the Soul Frequency about how I started my business, um, questions about how I grew my business, some of the tools that I use or have used, and all of the ins and outs of creating a soulful business and making the transition from a corporate career to becoming an entrepreneur, which is a big transition. And I've helped many people make it. And there's no doubt that skills and mindset and even what might be the most important thing is understanding all of our emotions that are going to come up during this process is so important to create a smooth path ahead. And we're going to explore all of these today. So one thing I always tell people is that if you want to create a new venture, be around people who have already done this. They become invaluable. There are always things to learn on the journey, but having great information um, is also the smoothest path, right? We don't have to make every single mistake ourselves. We can learn from what other people have gone through and choices that they've made and mistakes that they've made and how they pivoted and how they got back on track. Um, certainly we'll have our own ones that we go through, but why not learn from others when we can, right? So yeah, this is an important conversation and I'm thrilled to dive deeper into it with my guest today. My guest is Amanda Scheip. After a long and successful career in pharmaceutical sales, she decided to make her dream come true by opening a yoga and wellness studio called Mind Your Body Oasis in the Washington DC area. She desired to provide people a space to escape from life, to heal from physical injury and emotional trauma, and garner strength from the shared energy of an amazing community. On her journey, she has learned so much about chronic illness and how to reverse it with food and nutrition, as well as how to live optimally. As an athlete and health-oriented person, she strongly believes that what you feed yourself is 80% of wellness, and your mind-body connection is essential to emotional evolution. Very true. She also believes that the effects of stress are far-reaching and can make even the healthiest person ill. Her love for Pilates stems from a knee injury, which she incurred while training for her first triathlon. She was advised at the time by an orthopedic surgeon that she should never run or do high impact activity again. She literally thought her life ended. But rather than pursuing the suggested surgical route, she started intensive acupuncture therapy and began Pilates to maintain her workout regimen. A lot of surprising results followed. She healed, strengthened her knees, significantly decreased her waistline, avoided surgery, and felt the extremely powerful benefits of an exercise that works with rather than against the body. 
As she healed, she began practicing vinyasa and hatha yoga, became certified to teach Pilates in 2007, and earned her hot yoga teacher certification in 2011. Her approach to wellness is holistic because she feels that the body knows how to heal itself when provided with what the earth provides naturally. Stress reduction techniques and activities like meditation and yoga and all forms of alternative medicine are necessary partners to support the healing process. She applies an individualized health regimen when coaching clients that guides the healing process, but everyone is genetically individual with different histories and life experiences, as well as mindsets and personality dispositions. All of these aspects must be considered when creating new habits, changing lifestyles, and achieving goals. So with no further ado, the lovely Amanda Scheip. Hey, Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you here. And I was talking about how I get a lot of questions about how I built my business, how to build a business. I think we're living in a time where people are really feeling called to do something that feels good in their heart and soul and that is an extension of the things that they love and the things that matter to them. And, you know, there's a lot of confusion, I think, sometimes about how to move into that and how to get, you know, maybe move out of a job that didn't feel good to you or a career that has kind of done its time and you're ready to move on from it. And so you and I are going to jump into that today. And I want you to share just a little bit maybe about your background, um, what you've done, the business that you created, and, and then we'll just kind of go from there. Okay. I um, was pre-med in college, so I've always kind of been in that, in that kind of direction. And then I decided not to go into medicine the, about my third or fourth year in undergrad. And then at that point, when I graduated my bio, biology degree, I decided that from my limited experience in life so far, that my options were either to go work in a um, research lab or to go into pharmaceutical sales. So those are the two options I gave myself and found. And I um, investigated the you know, research lab and it just seemed really isolating and sterile. <laughs> so uh, with my personality, I knew that probably sales was going to be my kind of calling. So I went into pharmaceutical sales and spent, you know, a decade or so, decade and a half there. And um, then, you know, decided that I wanted to make my dream come true, which I'd had this dream since I was 23 of owning a destination resort wellness center where people could just come for a week or a month or six months and just find themselves or recover from, um, a, you know, a, a trauma, maybe cancer or divorce or something, you know, one of those traumatic events that happens in life. Um, and so that they could explore all kinds of health options and healing and, um, self-exploration. And so, an opportunity came where I uh, could open a local um, wellness center as that first step to that destination wellness center, which I have yet to come to fruition. Um, so I just decided to do it. I had never owned a business before. I got my business plan together, got the bank loan in place. I had to you know, leverage um, my personal assets for that loan. 
um, which, you know, having worked for all those years allowed me to acquire. And, um, and I, you know, I'm the kind of person it's like, go big or don't go at all. So I decided on a 5,200 square foot space to open because, um, my personality is I like diversity. I like options. And, um, I wanted plenty of options for, for my clients and students of yoga um, to have in this space. So um, I kind of just made my way through it, really. And I utilized Arlington County small, small business development group that they offered to residents that were wanting to start businesses. Um, I utilized friends and family. Uh, my sister was also opening a business at the same time. So we kind of bounce things off of, each, off of each other for a very long time and uh you know muddled my way through the construction and build out of this entire place which I got as an empty shell and the designers and the architects and and everything so you know all of that took probably about 18 months um from the time I found the space that I wanted which happened fast to the um, time that I actually opened up so I thought that was only going to take about six months but it ended up being three times as long uh, for that build out and um, permitting and everything. So, um, you know, when I opened, I, um, the format that I had at that time was I had two yoga rooms. One was a hot yoga room and one was a non-heated room. And I had three treatment rooms for massage and healing touch, Reiki, um, private sessions, et cetera. And we had infrared saunas. And this is seven years ago when infrared saunas really hadn't made it big on the scene. Um, so they kind of sat empty for a couple of years, uh, until like Oprah and Dr. Oz and, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow started talking about infrared. Then there was a big interest in them and, and that interest just continues to grow. I have healthcare providers now referring people to us, um, for patient, their patients that need infrared therapy and chiropractors and all kinds of people, which is really nice that people are now getting the benefits of the infrared, um, therapy. And so, um, that's kind of how I got to where I, uh, am and, um, skipping a bunch of stuff in between. Um, yeah, I'm going to ask you about the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, it's one of my passions, like to talk about, you know, the amazing stuff and also like how you move through things, because I believe that I know, like, because I have started businesses, I've also helped other people start businesses. Like, it is a growth experience as a human being. And especially if you're stepping into something that is your passion or your love, and it's something maybe that you haven't done before, but you've been passionate about on the side or into personally, um, there's a process to that. And so I want to go back to like when you were thinking about you had had this dream of a destination wellness center and you were like, wow, I have this opportunity to do this locally as like a first step and stage probably to the ultimate, you know, big vision. What, what was your thought process and your decision-making process about like, when was the time to kind of jump into that and your discovery about how to actually put the, the pieces together? Everything just kind of came together and it just seemed, you know, financially and um, with the location and everything like that. So I just decided to do it. Um, I could have said, no, I'm not ready and back away and, you know, have fear set in. But I just 
my personality was, I'm just going to do it and I'll figure it out afterwards. Right. Just jump in, sink or swim. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think you have to have like a little bit of that for entrepreneurship. You absolutely do. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and and the ability to pivot if it's not working, and and come up with a you know a little bit of a different plan or a different angle on things. And I've been doing that constantly over the seven years, just reassessing, figuring out new therapies, figuring out new styles of yoga, figuring out new ways to get you know people to come through the doors. So yes, it's constant. <laughs> so wonderful, and and it's it's I mean that that personally grows you too. What is it for you that? Um, that it felt like to really say yes to this? Because you've had this dream or vision for quite a while. What's the experience like when you finally, I call it bet on yourself, really? It was, um, I wouldn't say it was scary. I never had like fear um, in the beginning stages. It was just um, exciting. You know, it was a challenge. It was something I'd never done before. So I really could, you know, sink my teeth into it. Um, and it was exciting for me. So the beginning was, you know, like that. And then, you know, fear does set in after a while when, you know, business isn't like booming, like you thought it would be. Um, and you're worried about like everything you've worked your whole life for and possibly not being yours anymore (laughs) and things like that. So, um, that's kind of a driving force. I think probably if I didn't have my personal assets attached to the outcome of this business that I don't know if I'd still be in business because it's really hard. Um, and it made me, it made me stay, made me stick it out. It's been the most humbling experience I've ever had. I think probably my life was pretty easy and things came to me pretty easily before owning a business. And I was very successful in my job and my career and sales. And this, you know, has definitely been more humbling and more challenging than anything I've ever done. Yeah, I was talking to my husband. It's so interesting. Um, just last night, and I said to him, like, I think one of the reasons why, you know, they they tend to not want to lend money on businesses in the first couple of years, you know, of the business, or you know, they definitely want you to personally guarantee that and things like that. Um, and there's a reason for that, right? Because a lot of businesses don't succeed in the first few years. And I was saying to him, I go, I feel like a lot of the reasons that have you know entrepreneurs feel like they want to quit or give up or whatever is the feeling of you're putting all of this time and energy into creating something and before anyone even knows about it like as you're building out the space and people don't really know what the space is going to be yet you have this whole world going on and then you come and you share it with the world at a certain point when your business is up and running whether it's an online business or an in person you know brick and mortar business and, and it's like, everyone hasn't been on the journey with you and, and it's new. And now it's time, like you've had all this blood, sweat and tears and hard work, just getting it to where you can say this is a business. And now there's a whole other thing, right? In marketing and sharing the business that takes a lot of momentum and energy to just get the word out there. And I think sometimes, you know, it can feel like I'm, like I'm over here like screaming from the rooftops and nobody can hear me, right? <laughs> or people aren't coming in drones at the beginning because it's, it's a lot of momentum that needs to be built to, to get it all moving. Um, and I think that in that stage, it can feel, I, I know other entrepreneurs say it's lonely or it feels like I'm over here on this island trying to make this work. What was that whole like time like for you? Um. 
Well, as per usual for my personality, I just stretch myself so thin. Uh, so I was teaching yoga and doing Thai massage and doing Reiki and doing so many um, parts of the business and while running the business. So I just feel for people that um, like uh, yoga teachers that love yoga um, and have been teachers for a long time and then finally open their business and then to have to put that other hat on that maybe they're not as strong in with the business side and the marketing side because you have to wear so many hats and be pretty good at so many different things unless you have help right? Unless you have a partner or you have other people. And I've just been lucky enough to kind of draw those people to me. Like marketing is a whole nother beast. Um, and it's constant. It's social media marketing. It's like, you know, grassroots in the community marketing boots on the street. Um, it's, it's, a, there's a lot to, to do with my, at least my business, because it's has so many components to it. Um, and that's probably, I think when looking back, one of the things that if I had to do it again, we want to have that conversation <laughs> that I would sort of, I would have start smaller. I would have started like at a fraction of the size and offerings that I had and just built that base and then expanded and expanded. And I admire, you know, entrepreneurs around me that I see do that. And they're just doing it very methodically and very smart. And that's just not, the details are not part of my personality. It's the big picture and we'll just get it done somehow. <laughs> yeah. I love that you bring that up. It's so important too, because the ultimately like, yes, at the beginning, you're basically going to wear every hat. I mean, there's usually, you know, in most startup businesses, not a lot of small businesses and not a lot of revenue to pay other people to wear the hats. So you're going to wear a lot of hats and, and it's, but it's really knowing your personality because when you get to start filling in or getting help from other people, you know, complimentary personality sets are important. And, you know, the same people doing the finances are not the same people doing the marketing. And those are different, you know, different personalities and people and different skill sets. And so I love that you bring up, and I think every entrepreneur like needs to kind of know what, like, if you could hire, this is what I always say, if you could hire five or six other people, like what role would you keep? For myself? Yeah. I think that probably my strength is just the bird's eye view and seeing where things are failing and seeing where I need help or seeing where I need someone else or someone new. Yeah. And so the um, management of people, you know, I'd had that experience. Thank goodness. I had been a pharmaceutical manager, so I'd learned how to manage personalities and I had been through training and things like that. So I was able to manage all of these personalities from the therapists and the yoga teachers and the, and the, my studio manager and front desk managers and their interactions with each other. And, you know, let's all get along, you know, kind of thing. And how do we work this out? So I think that's probably one of my stronger strengths um, in this role. Uh, and then I just knew that I could do marketing. I could sit there and do that social media um, and put the time in on that. But it wasn't something that I thoroughly enjoyed and um, wanted to do. So I searched for good people that would do the social media for me. And they've come and gone. You know, there have been periods of time where the social media and marketing hasn't been on point. And there's been other times that it's been rocking. So not everything, like, I felt like before I started this business that I could do 150% of my career and job. And I was really good at it. 
and I was an you know, overachiever. And once opening the business, I found that I really never could do everything 100% right? Not one thing, a hundred percent. There was, I had a greater percentage at towards one thing at one time or more attention to another at another time, but I had to stop beating myself up for not being able to be a 150% at every single angle and aspect of the business. Ooh, that's so important. Like the way we critique what we think we should be doing versus what's actually possible. It's funny. I, when I, first hired my first um, assistant to help me, I had been juggling so many hats and I had literally gotten to the, I let it go really long. Like I had gotten to the place where I was, my head was spinning and I was about to lose my mind. And I was like, it's like, I feel like it's that picture of someone on the floor, like crawling to the finish line. I was like crawling to an assistant, like, okay, (laughs) I've, I've dragged this out as far as I can. Now I need help. And when I hired her, she came in and was able to do certain things that I had been doing in less than half of the time. Yes. And it was such a like extremely eye-opening situation for me because, you know, I thought, well, I know how to do this and I'm the one that created it or built it. And therefore I'd probably do it the best. And, and I kind of thought about hiring somebody as like, well, I don't know if it'll get done right. She did it 10 times better than me in less than half the time. And I was like, what have I been doing? <laughs> right? Like, yes. what, what am I doing here? And so I think, you know, it's knowing when, and I would, looking back, I would recommend, you know, not waiting till you're like literally crawling to the oasis to yeah. get help in different areas. You know, honestly, the only thing that saved me from probably causing irreparable damage to my adrenals and thyroid. <laughs> right is that I knew about this. I knew what was happening to my body. And I also being in this industry needed to walk the talk and I needed to have a certain appearance of not being stressed out and not, you know, bags under the eye and have that tension in my face. Right. So I had to, I forced myself to get sleep every night. I, to do my nutrition, to take my supplements, to eat properly, to make sure I was moving and doing yoga and practicing. So that takes time. That self-care totally takes time, but it is so, so necessary because without yourself, your business will not survive. So you have to be strong personally and physically and emotionally and mentally. 100%. And I think that every entrepreneur like comes up against that at some point or another, like having to readjust and be like, wait, because, because if it's your own business, you can literally work around the clock. I mean, you can, right. There's no stopping point. There's always things to do. There's always things you're creating or want to create. And so it's really being um, responsible about your own self-care. I'm so glad you brought that up and really going, sometimes it's hard to, at the beginning to step back and say, wait, I need to take some time. And your mind is going, but I can't because there's so much to do. And how do I do that? And I really think it's kind of reinventing time a little bit for yourself and realizing that when you put stuff down, it doesn't mean you're not going to pick it back up later and be able to finish it. It's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think, tell me about like, what is the experience of, you know, for those people that might have businesses or thinking about having businesses where you're, you know, you staff yoga teachers, like you said, and healers and practitioners and things like that. So it's a business that, you know, you, you wouldn't, 
do all of those things yourself, right? And so you have to have like a staff of people that are facilitating the classes and the intention of the business. How was that in going from sales where you're doing outside sales to actually running a team? Um, well, I, there were many things that were very similar, um, but it was different personality types from managing salespeople to managing therapists and yoga teachers. Um, some things were a lot easier and some things were more difficult and took more um, EQ for me to to get my, you know, to grasp what was going on. So um, I, I, I just feel like I didn't have a method. I just kind of um, led my, with my gut feeling and intuition and really just tried to create this environment of community. And that this, this ship called mind your body oasis took a lot of people to run it and to make it sail and to get that kind of buy-in and, um, support from my team. And what do you do? Because if you've run, you ran teams in your, in your other career and here, like, is there anything that you do in particular that you feel is good for team building or creating the community within the business? Well, I feel it's important in this environment, at least to um, allow people to keep their uniqueness and their creativity and encourage that so that they're, they feel like they're still pursuing their passion themselves instead of like, you know, there's some, um, you, box yoga chains that require you to teach a certain style and you have to stick inside of this these parameters. I've really kind of had a lot of really broad parameters with um, these these healers and therapists and teachers to come and offer their art, right? Instead of it being about me and what I want and the structure I wanted is to have kind of a broader broader range for them to excel in. That's really beautiful. What does that add like with all of them doing that? Does that mean like there's a lot of diversity of classes and basically styles? Do you see that there are like people gravitating towards different people's work and classes? Yes, of course that happens. Everybody finds their favorite favorite teacher or their favorite massage therapist and they just want to stick with that. And, um, you know, that's kind of what the teachings of yoga warn you about to not get in a comfort zone, to um, not put a teacher on a pedestal, that you are your best guru. Um, so, um, you know, we continue to try to emphasize that with people. I think that, um, you know, the chain um, businesses have uh, a great model because I feel like the marketing machine of America has taught you that the McDonald's, the sameness, every time you go to a McDonald's, the same burger, it's the same fries. It has the same taste in every single one. It has kind of programmed us to want that consistency and to seek out the same, 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 instead of wanting diversity and wanting to explore and be adventurous. And so there's been a certain subset of people that have gravitated to my business because that's what that is. There's a lot of different types of yoga. I have three rooms now where we have all kinds of different yoga and Pilates and bar and different fitness aspects um, and different types of body work and body therapy. Um, but then there are some people that just don't do well in that environment and they need the sameness, the same structure, the same kind of class, this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's that homogenization 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to appeal to everybody. My business doesn't appeal to everyone. Um, but it, no, it, thank goodness, right? We can't, <laughs> we want to serve the people we serve well, not try to serve everybody. I think that's one of the things where we talk about niche and, you know, really knowing who you serve. And, you know, they always say like kind of the kiss of death for a business is to try to serve everybody. Then you really serve nobody. Yeah. But instead to know, you know, who your people are that gravitate towards, your business and towards you really because it's your energy that created it and the people that you have working for you right it's this collective energy and who are the people that gravitate towards that and really do well serving them yes absolutely i think it's amazing i i think you i i just love your um big vision i am a big vision person as well and so um I wonder for people that aren't that though, and don't, you know, identify as that. And maybe somebody who might be listening who thinks, well, I don't have like, you know, money to like larger sums of money to invest in something, but I really want to do something that's meaningful to me. What would be like ideas that you would recommend, or maybe that you've seen from people that work for you or other businesses of just how to get started in some way without a large investment? Well, you know, I noticed over the last seven years of, and I guess I was just programmed to have the the brick and mortar, but what I've noticed is a lot of the next generation or millennials or, or whatever, you know, you want to call them, um, that they have really um, kind of invented a new business model of doing like pop-ups, of renting space within a business, of um, doing, you know, kind of series or workshops, kind of getting around that having to be locked into a lease and brick and mortar kind of business model that is kind of, I feel like now antiquated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So that's, that's something that absolutely you can do if you want to. And I'm kind of just speaking from my perspective of wellness industry and yoga and that kind of thing. But if that's what you would want to do, there are plenty of businesses out there that have like they're empty for certain hours of the day that you could rent space or that you could occupy that space and the business owner would be happy to partner with you. That's a fantastic idea. I love that. Like, and it's so true because I mean, it brings more people into your brick and mortar space. Yes. Might not have come there before. And it's just a Mm win-win. Absolutely. I love that. I think one of the things that I always, whenever I talk about business, I always am keenly aware of the barriers in our mind uh, that stand in the way from people taking action on creating something that maybe they've had an idea for for years or, you know, and, and for a lot of people, fear does come into play with that. And so I think there are so many different ways, and you just made an incredible suggestion that you can start putting your toe in the water without a lot of outlay of, of money or really risk. I mean, it's something that people can still work their day job and, you know, do a pop-up on the weekend or in the evenings or something of that nature and just find time to do it. And that's what I encourage people to do. If you have something that calls to you, um, especially in the wellness sector to just start putting your toe in the water. Yeah. I mean, there's exactly, there's a couple of examples that, you know, I've seen this happen pretty successfully and um, in my areas, um, one particular woman that just started doing like yoga and beer and yoga and wine at the vineyard, the brewery, 
and has built like a business and has quit her job. Um, and then there's the whole like, you know, goat yoga or yoga with um, kitties or puppies, you know? So there's all of these type of niche kind of unique and fun outside the box things that you can do. And so if you have a, a unique idea, then just find a way to do it um, where it's financially feasible and not a huge risk and just see how it goes. And then you can, you know, go from there and build it. What's up with the goat yoga? Because I saw a, a poster like at the local, you know, coffee shop or whatever for goat yoga. And then I was like, well, that's interesting. I've never heard of that. And now I feel like everywhere I look, I see goat yoga. Is this like a big thing that has like gone, I mean, you're on the East coast, I'm on the West coast. Is this everywhere now? Yeah, I think it's everywhere now. I mean, I feel like my area DC is pretty conservative and things don't catch on as quickly as they do, like, especially for California. Um, so yeah, there it's everywhere now. (laughs) I actually haven't done a class myself, so I can't. Why goats? I, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I'm like, is there some significance that I'm, I'm, I just, I mean, it's awesome though. It's like, it's a new idea. And I, the fact that I keep seeing it everywhere now, I thought it was literally just in my neighboring town, San Juan Capistrano that, that goat yoga happened because there's this really cute little like kind of petting zoo area. I was like, Oh, that's cool. They're doing goat yoga. Now I'm seeing it everywhere. I'm like, is this like a, you know, a whole thing or what? <laughs> Yes, it is. It's so fun. Well, and I love the creativity. You bring up an amazing point of creativity and just really getting outside the box and creating. I have a client who, you know, created basically their own proprietary process. And I have a proprietary process that I take people through. And so, you know, creating something that is unique to you and that is something that resonates with possibly different exploration you've done in your life and different, you know, types of modalities that you have blended in your own unique way into one thing, I think is very effective from a marketing standpoint, but also from, you know, there are going to be certain people that resonate with the way you put it together. And so that I think is a great idea too, is to kind of differentiate yourself with your unique fingerprint. Yes, absolutely. That's a must. You have to. It's so wonderful. So why don't you share um, about your business for those that are in the area where they can come and check out your yoga and your wellness and all the practitioners? Well, I'm in Crystal City, which um, you might have heard about in the news. It's the Amazon HQ2, their second headquarters. Um, They just decided that in the past year or so. And so right now what's going on in Crystal City is um, a little bit of construction and preparation (laughs) for Amazon. (laughs) Um, But once they get into Crystal City, it's going to be amazing because all the buildings will be full and it'll be a whole different scene in about two years. Um, But that's where I am. It's right near the Pentagon. Um, It's on your way into and out of DC if you're coming from Virginia. And um, we're in the the Crystal City shops. So I'm not street front. I'm inside of a a building and, um, and easily can locate directions on our website, mindyourbodyoasis.com. It's like you built it for the coming. Yeah. Of <laughs> it's like you saw the vision, right? Right. And you thought, I need to build something big enough for all of these new people that are coming into town. Yes. <laughs> That's going to be cool to watch. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm excited to see how it unfolds. Very neat. So I'm going to ask you the four questions now that we ask all of our guests. It's just a time to relax into the moment and answer from your own life wisdom. 
I take people through a process called the anatomy of transformation. It's also an energetic alchemy. And there are four parts in the process that are multidimensional, but we'll go through them in a linear way. And the first step is truth. I believe that when we discover a deep truth in our life or when a truth really hits us, that it's a catalyst for, for change and forward motion. So what is a deep truth that you've come across in your life that's been impactful for you? Um, well, the first thing that comes to mind is that um, I am not a superwoman <laughs> and I can't do everything um, and I'm not great at everything. So um, just being able to be okay with my limitations and accept myself and those limitations and be at peace with it and not judge myself or, or um, be upset with myself for not being um, what I expect myself to be or what I think society expects myself to be. Mm, so good. The second pillar is release. And you just named some things that you released in the face of realizing like, I'm not superwoman, but what would you say would be the thing that you kind of gave up when you were trying to be superwoman and then you said, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like whether it's a limiting belief or even people from your life or ways of being, what, what got released from that realization? Um, I think, uh, what got released was that I needed to be an overachiever. I needed to be the best or, you know, that personal kind of like stress we put on ourselves of achieving. And, um, I kind of have this thing where like, I say to myself about something, if I'm getting stressed about something, or there's something in my, in front of me, that's really challenging me. I think to myself, when I'm 90, am I going to be proud of myself for getting stressed up, out, upset, you know, flipping out or, um, you know, allowing the hormones in my body to wreak havoc over this thing? And if the answer is no, then I decide how I will walk away from it or how I will manage it without investing my emotional and physical energy into it. So powerful. And what is the third pillar's experience? So what is the experience of life now that you're doing that? Oh, so much more peaceful. I am so much more laid back. I am um, just happier uh, in general. <laughs> it's so, such a better place to be in than that kind of um, angst, stressy space. Yeah, it's like, whew. Take that off, like exactly. move those shoulders around, breathe a little, right? Yeah, totally. So good. So the fourth is really align, which is the way that we keep ourselves in this higher frequency, right? The way that we surround ourselves with either rituals, things we do, practices, ways we believe, people that we're around that keep us feeling aligned and in, in really good energy. So what is one of those for you? Well, um, I love that I have healers around me all the time at my studio and that I have the, those personalities and teachers and um, people that are leading with love and kindness. So that's like one of my main loves of my business is having that around me all the time. Uh, so I'm, I feel so fortunate for that. Um, and then just, you know, I, I just, I seem to just, let people go from my life that aren't being positive. And I don't have, you know, a lot of heartache around that. I have compassion for people when I have to let them go and I wish them well and I think about them. But if it's not some, if they're not bringing um, 
peace and um, value, uh, then I just, you know, I can't keep them in my inner circle. I hear that 110% and I agree. I've walked that same path with such, I think sometimes we think releasing people from our life has to be terrible or mean, or we have all these like ideas around it, but it truly is an act of love, of self-love and even the love of the other person if there's no resonance there. Yes. And to do it with compassion and love and to understand, you know, what, what we're resonating, if you're growing a lot and your frequency is growing a lot, then what you're resonating with is going to change. And that's a beautiful thing. All the time. It's constantly changing. And I think that's one of the things I've always embraced in my life is change and looked for it and been ready for it because I've, I've noticed other people in my life that don't and resist change. Oh, their life just, it makes it so hard for them. So if you just know change is always going to be happening, just looking forward to how you're going to evolve yourself and what you're going to become next and embracing it, it just makes it more fun. Absolutely. I agree. Well, I'm so grateful for you coming on the show and sharing your journey. Like I said, I get a lot of questions about just how to start and where to go. And I think one of the things that's so important too is to continue to be around people that are starting as well and, and then stepping out and creating you know, their vision and their dreams because it certainly does inspire you and it also makes you feel like you're not alone on the journey. And so thank you for sharing your wisdom and about how you created your business. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes. Thank you.